Well, you might think that with these record cattle prices, you can afford to buy some things or add to your operation. But before you do that, you're going to want to listen through today's show. When I look back, the what happened in 2014 around that era with really high cattle prices, the decisions that a lot of ranchers made then set their businesses up for really hard times the next several years. Dallas Mount with Ranch Management Consultants is back with me as my guest today as I'll have him expand more from his recent Profit Tips newsletter titled, Don't Screw Up the Windfall Profits. Now we'll discuss some of the common mistakes that can be made when you're not strategic with additional profits. Be careful about compounding a problem of too much wealth tied up in stuff. Now, if you're like me, you don't want to repeat one or two of those costly decisions you made in the last up market. So tune in today before you head to town to spend your calf check on this episode of the Working Ranch Radio Show. everyone. This is the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm Justin Mills. Thanks for joining us here on our program. Man, I'll tell you what, we have got a lot to cover here today. But before we get to that, you know, I'm just still trying to come to grips with the fact we're in the fall of the year. It just seems like yesterday we were starting summer, but here we are. Uh, last weekend, we had the opportunity to get most of our calves preconditioned, bulls pulled. We got another little set of calves to do this coming week. But nevertheless, I know for each of you, you're probably in the same mode of just getting things kind of ready to go for the fall of the year. If you haven't sold calves already, you're probably getting ready to, which kind of brings us a little bit into our subject today because man, oh man, we are going to see record high calf prices, or we have been, I should say, seeing record high calf prices this year. And there's going to be a lot of money in our industry and in in each of our pockets as well. And that's kind of the main point of our topic here today. Dallas Mountain with Ranch Management Consultants recently sent out his Profit Tips article entitled, Don't Screw up the windfall profits and I texted him I said boy we need to talk about that so he will be joining us today to identify some of these things that that we do as ranchers and I'm raising my hand on this one because I've been guilty of it some of the things that we do that we can maybe not spend our money as wisely as we as we should so then later on we're dealing with some things that we have to do because we weren't really good stewards of of that windfall profit so dallas mountain will be joining us here today we're going to be talking about some of those things a great discussion with him also on the docket for today we're going to be talking dna testing jed hutchison with zoetis will be joining us and we'll be talking about you know with this time of the years we're beginning to identify who those or what we're going to be keeping back for some replacement heifers maybe using dna testing and genomics to improve that confidence or give you a little more confidence in that decision he's going to talk about how that can be utilized in your commercial ranching operation as well and then again towards the tail end of our program meteorologist don day will be joining us as we take a look at our long-term weather right now let's say a thank you to our sponsors of the working ranch radio show vitalix livestock is your livelihood tubs are our expertise vitalix 
Vitalix, the true blue tub. Find out more at Vitalix.com. And the American Gelvy Association, a highly fertile, moderately framed cow that raises high-performing calves, even in tough environments. The Gelvy cow's efficient use of resources makes her the picture of sustainability in today's modern beef industry. Find out more at Gelvy.org. And Performance Beef, make decisions based on data, not a hunch. Cattle management software that's easy to use and allows you to simplify feeding, performance, and health data recording. You can do it from the chute or out in the pen or even out in the pasture. Find out more at performancelivestockanalytics.com. And Tank Toad, your remote water monitoring system, all from the convenience of your phone. Call Metal Arc Solutions today for tank monitors, well controllers, generators, and more at 801-252-6135 or on their website at tanktoad.com. Well, let's check in now with the captain, Tim O'Byrne, for this week's edition of Tim's Two Cents. Hey, Justin. Hey, everybody out there in Working Ranch Radio Land. I got to tell you, it's finally cooled off here in the desert southwest. That was one humdinger of a summer. We had 20-plus days here in southern Nevada of 122 degrees in the shade. But I'll tell you another thing, and I found this out on our Friday post just in the last couple of weeks, uh, Friday Facebook post. What's going on out there in cow country? Uh, the entire state of Nevada is out of a drought finally after 20 years, and it's it's looking pretty good up there. There's folks even haying still today in September, which is really rare for that country. So also on the Facebook, well, I wanted to thank folks for... Um, uh, posting on, on that Friday post. It's really important that we keep connected that way. I know there's a lot of you folks that want to post. I encourage you to do so. All we're asking is just let us know what you're doing out there. We can learn from it and share it. And that's every Friday on Facebook. And this just showed up on Facebook. Texas Agricultural Land Trust, T-A-L-T, TALT. 15 years of keeping Texas big, wide, and open. And they've got a new uh, downloadable report called Heroes of the Land. Our annual report is now available. Over the past 15 years, TALT has become a leading land trust on the working lands conservation front. Today, we are privileged to be trusted partners in conservation with 43 families and landowners across the state who are actively stewarding close to 270,000 acres. That's about the area of San Antonio, Texas. Our latest annual report celebrating these heroes of the land is now available. We invite you to read all about the work that is keeping Texas big, wide, and open. Justin, that would make a great interview for you down the road. Get a hold of Talt, and uh, back to you in the booth. All right, thanks, Captain. Appreciate the heads up on that. Well, stay with us. Coming up after the break, we're going to get into our featured topic, Dallas Mount with Ranch Management Consultants joining us as we talk about how we don't screw up our windfall profits this year with these record high calf prices. We'll be back on the Working Ranch Radio Show after this. Animal health is key to your business, so how do you track cattle health treatments? Stop relying on pen and paper or complicated programs. Performance Beef helps you record processing data, enter costs, and track animal health history, all in real time at the shoot. The mobile app also makes it easy to log pasture and pen treatments on the go. Your health data is integrated with feed and financial information in one easy-to-use platform, accessible from your computer, smartphone, or tablet. Find Performance Beef online to request a demo. 
And welcome back to the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm Justin Mills. Thanks for joining us here as we head into our featured topic here today, a subject that really for some time has been rambling in around in my head in the back of my head for for a while not for the sake that i've got it totally figured out but it's just something for my own my own personal experience is just like man we are heading into a time where where markets are looking good we fortunately for my part neck of the woods can't say this for everybody but we had some pretty good moisture this year so things were for the most part a nice nice year and looks like these calf prices are going to be really good for this year and as we look ahead so in the back of my mind i'm thinking okay i remember the last time this happened and i kind of stepped in some big doo-doo and i'm still paying that off and so what we're talking about here today and and i and my guest that's joining us is Dallas Mount, who is the owner and CEO of, of Ranch Management Consultants. And first of all, Dallas, thanks for joining us here today on the Working Ranch Radio Show. You bet, Justin. Always fun to join you. So looking forward to our discussion. Well, the topic we're talking about, and I'm just going to use your title here, um, mainly because it it really catches your attention, is don't screw up the windfall profits. And boy, when when that came out, and I, I, I texted you this, this past weekend, I said, hey, is this something you'd want to talk a little bit more on the show about? This is, uh, as I was saying and starting and introing this, this segment here, boy, the last time this happened, I did. And you and I were joking a little bit before we went on air here about I'm still paying off the tuition on that school of hard knocks and so as we start this we're going to get into some things but it is really critical that we kind of pay attention as we head into this time frame of our cattle cycle and our markets and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, you know, when I sat down to write this article, it's one of those ones where sometimes writing these articles are painful. This one was not painful. It's just, I bet <laughs> I wrote this whole you. article in 10 minutes, right? It just rolled, rolled right out of me. But I, I, you know, we, I feel like I'm getting to be one of those kind of grizzled old gray haired guys at the cafe. We've been here before, right? We've done this before now. And maybe you and I are getting a little too much gray hair, but, uh, you know, it, it uh the, when i look back the what happened in the 2014 around that era with really high cattle prices the decisions that a lot of ranchers made then set their businesses up for really hard times the next several years mm-hmm. and and i you know the clients we work with and the and the people we follow i i want to caution them let's not make the same mistakes that we made then this time yeah well I, that what you just said there is is exactly right i think we it's it's we can get ourselves into a position because there is a lot of there is a lot of money right now in there flowing in and 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 granted there are maybe some things that we need to do to catch up for what we've been putting on the back burner the last several years i understand that to a point and as we jump into this topic the thing that is ironic about this in fact it was a conversation i had with somebody else who had went through uh ranching for profit later years we both did uh we didn't and we just met each other at the time because i had bought some cattle from him and we were talking about boy this is so great man it's so easy to ranch and it was and man it's we had moisture and the cattle cattle prices were high and and i always joke about the fact that you know it's pretty easy to be a rancher when you're getting above average moisture and cattle prices are high yeah yeah it can make things seem pretty easy and make us all feel like we're pretty smart you know but uh just wait you know we'll get humbled won't we <laughs> yeah yeah and so to so so as we start that so we don't have to be humbled quite so severely let's go through some of these things and and some of the ways that we can avoid not making those mistakes and and go into that and and let's maybe identify some of the things that can happen that we need to be cautious about and i'll let you start i know the one of the first things was about employees 
Yeah. So I, I just want to caution people about adding employees, right? When, when you have some extra cash flow, and when the when the ranch is is doing well, it's tempting to, you know, let's bring Junior home, right? Mm-hmm. Let let's add another uh, another person to the business. Uh, what we see as we look into a lot of these ranching operations is oftentimes for the amount of value that the ranch is producing, we call that gross product, right? For the amount of gross product that that business is producing, many of our ranches are already overstacked. Okay. So yeah. what, what we want to caution people to do is don't make the problem worse in these years when it feels like cash flow is plentiful. Uh, because, I mean, we all know this thing's going to fall off the backside at some point, and you probably don't want to send those employees packing when it when it falls off, right? Because mm-hmm. they're they're probably going to be a pretty integral part of your business. So so just be really careful about adding employees now that that you're not going to be able to support in in maybe a couple of years yeah that's a good point i think the the key there is really understanding that you know not that there's not that opportunity if but that that we need to have that gross product to justify that employee so as you were saying when things move back the other way and kind of come back to more of an even deal we don't have to let somebody go Correct. Correct. And I, I mean, I think it's fair to say, hey, our business is doing a million dollars of gross product now. It's just, you know, it's just Ma and me here on the ranch. Uh, we, we'd love to bring you back on, realizing that within a couple of years, we better be doing a million and a half of, mm-hmm. of gross product in order to justify you. If we're if we bring you back on and two years later, we're only still doing a mill. Um, well, you know, you're going to have to find something else to do. You know, we're not going to be able to, to justify that. So I just think make those expectations clear. Um, you know, and, and make sure that uh, relative to the scale of your business that you're appropriately staffed. You bet. Yep. Good point there. Let's move to the next thing. And and that is, well, now I can afford to buy this thing. <laughs> and uh, that's <laughs> where heard that. now that's where my hand kind of goes up a little bit because I have a tendency to want to say, you know what? All right. Now we can buy X piece of equipment or, or whatever that may be. And we start to get a little heavy on the asset side when we were, when we were eating beans and rice, we didn't really need that so much, but again, a balance in that, but, but that is a, that is a real big issue that we have to deal with is not getting too heavy on fixed assets that maybe aren't bringing the return back to the operation. Correct. And, and that's easy to do. We've all done it. I mean, you know, we've all we all want things that make our lives easier, that make the work more enjoyable. Um, but, you know, just be really careful about structuring the business for failure later on. Um, and, and we see this quite a bit where let's say a, uh, you know, a generation has run the ranch and they've been successful doing that. And they've created a successful ranch business and, and they've used, they've, they've used some of that success to, to build a business that's comfortable to operate, right. That, that maybe has things we wouldn't have if we were starting out. Well, then they bring junior on or the next generation and they say, all right, now here's, here's the ranch business. And here's all this stuff that goes with it that you now have to support. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. and now they're handing off a ranch business that is not economically viable because there's just way too much stuff for what for what the business would support. So the the caution that we had that I had in the article was uh, be careful about compounding a problem of too much wealth tied up in stuff. OK, so if, if you're looking at, um, you know, hey, here's the amount of again, this is the scale of our business what's a reasonable amount of fixed assets, uh, you know, machinery and things mm-hmm. uh, that, that this business can support. And it's tempting to tie that up. One, one of the tempting things is to do that in the name of tax avoidance. Yeah. 
side. And and we're going to have a lot of uh, stupid things done in ranching this coming year in the name of tax avoidance. Right. And I always go back to uh, l- let the let the economics drive the business strategy. Right. If the if it makes sense from a business strategy standpoint to own this thing, let's own it. Right. But don't let tax avoidance drive business strategy. Uh, we see a lot of stupid things done in the name of uh, not paying tax to, well, let's just buy this thing instead of send the money to the government. Well, then the, depair- the depreciation, the repairs, the ownership cost of that thing just eats you up in future years. Mm-hmm. That was something you mentioned, too, about the cost the that we don't take into account on some of this equipment just to have it, to own it, to operate it. You know, we just think, well, I'm going to go buy you know, this, you know, whatever. And it's going to cost me $20,000 thinking, okay, that piece of equipment's cost me 20. And that's the only expense we think. But in reality, there's an annual cost to that. Absolutely. So our, our hip pocket number is 20% of the value of that machine is your annual cost of owning it. Right. So if, if I'm going to go out and buy a hundred thousand dollar piece of equipment, my annual ownership cost is about $20,000 right now. That's going to take into account repairs, depreciation, and interest on the money, you know, and even if you're not paying interest on that, even if you're not making a loan payment on that, you're tying up your capital, right? So you could pay down other interest or you Mm -hmm. can put that money to work elsewhere. So, so we still need to count it. It doesn't matter if it's paid for or not, you know, from a, from an economic perspective, that piece of machinery is costing you about 20% of its current market value every year that it sits there. So when, when you look at something that's sitting out there and you're pile right that gets used for 10 hours a year (laughs) right ask yourself what boy that was an expensive 10 hours right or or whatever the number is yeah yeah it's definitely something i i you know again i say this is one of your areas that we talked that you brought up here that really hit home for me because there's that tendency to to want to go out there we got a little extra cash on hand and we're thinking okay let's go buy that we've been wanting that and really putting that into the context is it a want or a need and is there some is there will it bring a return you know to the to the business at some point i that's a that's a tough thing for me too my guest today is dallas mount he is the owner ceo of ranch management consultants we're going to take a break here we got a couple more things to talk about with this when we talk about our our topic here is is he sent out his uh, uh was it a monthly weekly newsletter or bi-weekly newsletter twice, twice a month yeah it's, twi- a, it's a blog we call profit tips that we send out twice a month you bet twice a month and it, it was the latest one that come out and when i saw it i'm like oh boy this is something we got to talk a little bit more he entitled it don't screw up your windfall profits and we are heading into a time where uh, we do see a lot more money in the industry right now uh, whether that's net money we see a lot of gross money net money maybe we will have to talk about that but we're going to continue on with dallas when we return here on the working ranch radio show A sustainable ranch is one that can do more with less. And for beef producers, it can start right at the herd level with a cow that's efficient with her resources and environment. And in today's modern industry, Gelvie females are the picture of sustainability. Gelvie and Balancer cattle are early maturing with maternal superiority through increased longevity, added fertility, and more pounds of calf wean per cow exposed. Adaptable, versatile, and sustainable. All factors that have a positive impact on your bottom line. Gelvy influenced females, the smart, reliable, and profitable maternal choice for achieving sustainability in today's modern beef industry. Be sustainable, breed Gelvy. 
Welcome back to the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm Justin Mills. My guest today is Dallas Mount. He is the owner and CEO of Ranch Management Consultants. And I called him up, or actually I texted him a while back the other night, and I said, hey, would you want to come on the show and talk a little bit more about your last profit tips that you put out there? And it was in regards to the title of it was Don't Screw Up the Windfall Profits. And as he and I were talking a little bit off air between this last break, I had alluded to the fact, is there more net money in our industry? And I think there will be. We both agree that, yeah, I mean, there's we're going to be selling cash for more than anybody has sold cash for in the in their lifetime. And so there is going to be some net money. So when we have that money on hand, we want to be wise. We need to be good stewards of, of, of what that is and how we can handle that. That is essentially what we're talking about. He already identified two areas that a lot of times us as ranchers kind of get ourselves into. Maybe it's handling or getting too many employees on hand because we have a little bit more money. And it's also buying some fixed assets that could, you know, at one point, then we got too much stuff we're having to pay on and there's some added costs in that. Dallas, let's continue on with that. And and this is something that I think is is important too in realizing that we really do need to kind of have an insurance element mindset in thinking about this and having some liquid assets that we don't that we've taken our money we put it elsewhere and we really don't have anything should something happen we're going to be hung out to dry yeah. When, when we look at the, the balance sheet and some of the financial ratios of a lot of our client businesses, they don't have enough in reserves and, and in particular in liquid reserves, money you can get your hands on quickly. So it, as this opportunity presents itself this coming year, well, one of the common recommendations we're seeing is to pay the dang tax and then keep the money in liquid reserves, right? Some, you know, whether it's cash in the bank, whether it's mutual funds, you can get your hands on quickly, whether it's something, you know, a set of calves that you're standing out there that you're just turning over, you know, within, and, and what we say is liquid money within two weeks, can you have your hands on that cash, right? Is it, is it something you can quickly market and have your hands on it? And I think a business that's got that money in reserves and then a big chunk of that is liquid is going to be a much more resilient business and a business that's in better positions to make good decisions when tough times happen. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when, when you have a drought, when you have a market drop, when you have a, you know, a fire, grasshoppers, whatever the disaster is in your business, if you've got enough money to, to reach in there and to deal with that so that you're not worried about putting food on the table, you're not worried about keeping the doors open on the ranch. Um, it's going to put you in a position to be smarter and more thoughtful about, about how you make those decisions. So our rule of thumb is 50% of your annual operating cost available to you yeah, with short notice. Hmm. So, you know, if, if your ranch takes uh, $300,000 to keep the doors open uh, a year, uh, have $150,000 sitting there, hmm. right? And and that might mean carrying some money on notes too. So, you know, a lot of people want to get really aggressive about paying off debt. Well, it might be, especially if that debt was structured several years ago, it might be smarter to let that debt ride and and to keep some money in the bank so you can be thoughtful about how you respond. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. The rule of thumb that I just always have in the back of my head when I think about this, this principle or this element that we've talked about a little bit. And, and I, and I think it's really important at the end of the day, cash is king. 
I always remember, you know, that's, and that's been a terminology that a lot of us have heard over the years. And, and for some, we just think, you know, <laughs> myself, I'm like, well, I'd like to have that cash so I could be king, <laughs> you know, yeah, and, yeah. And <laughs> but, but what I see with that a little bit to go a little bit further in that, not only from an insurance perspective or, you know, just kind of a self-protection or preservation standpoint, but also having some of that reserve. And, and I'm going to be cautious here when I say this, if you have the cash, there may be an opportunity opportunity that arises that you can take advantage of just because you have the cash and somebody else doesn't. I always think that to me is is in the background of some of this principle as well. Exactly. Exactly. This this really hit home for me during the COVID year. You know, I was fairly young in in running this business. We had one season underneath of us and, and we had a good season that year and we had some extra cash flow and I was carrying a large debt that I that I could have thrown that money against. Right. And knocked down some of that debt. And and luckily I made the decision, you know what, we're going to we're going to war chest that money. We didn't know COVID was coming, Mm -hmm. but we decided let's war chest that money and just have some reserves. Well, when COVID happened, I mean, our, our business model is in-person education and, and it started as it started to unfold, I'm thinking, crud, we might have to go a full 12 months with no work. Right. So, so what are we going to do? And, and I was so thankful I'd made that decision because I was able to keep my people on, Mm -hmm. you know, we were able to keep the doors open in the business and, and it really gave me peace of mind to step back and be thoughtful about, about how we're going to respond. You know, now, now, thankfully we've got a client base that was kind of ready to get back to work and ready to get back to life before most of America was. So, so it, it wasn't a full year for us, but, but it, you know, just that, that really helped drive that lesson home for me. So I think a lot of ranches uh, would would find, I call it the good night sleep ratio, because really that's what it is, right? If you're in a position where you can endure some hardships and you've got some resources sitting there to do it, it's just going to help you sleep better and be thoughtful. Yeah. yeah. Dallas, I think when somebody hears the, some of the numbers that you threw out with that, I think it scares them a little bit because they're like, crap, I'm not there. I'm just, I'm just not there. We're not there. And I don't know where, if we can get there. I mean, I realize we, there's a little bit more money in our, in our industry. We can pull that aside, but man, we've got some other projects we're trying to get done and some other things. And and again, it kind of goes back into this, but I guess the one thing I would advocate in this start with something though. Don't just do yeah. nothing just because you feel like, man, that number he just threw out there is way, I, I just don't think I could get to that, but yeah. something at least, don't you think? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. We, but what we're, what I've encouraged people to hear do is set some targets, right? Just, just be, you know, if we're going to have a good year this year, okay, let's take 20% of that and let's go pound out a project, right? Let's take 20% of that and let's upgrade something on the place that, that we needed to have upgrade. And then let's take another, whatever the right percent is, maybe 30, 40% and let's set it aside. Right. So, so wherever it, it, it really doesn't matter where you're at. The only thing that matters is what you do next, really. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, just exactly. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Yeah. Really quick, as you were talking about that, I, and I hate to jump back to a subject we just talked about, but I want to hit that real quick. And we were talking about fixed assets, some fixed assets that I really have been a big believer in is, is things that are going to bring money back into our operation. And you talked about that a little bit, but I, to me, it's like, you know, it's some infrastructure development, it's water, it's maybe uh, dissecting up some of these pastures so that we can do a little bit better job of management our cattle and our grass. Those are some of the projects to me that I think advocate building back into our industry or building back into our business profit. Correct. I, I, I love fixed assets that produce outstanding cash flow. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. If you if you want to show me a fixed asset and say, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna invest twenty thousand dollars, fifty thousand dollars in this project this year, and next year I'm gonna pick up twenty thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. Hey, tank, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Right. That mm-hmm. that's a great thing. The problem is is that we have a lot of fixed assets that don't produce good cash flow. Yeah. And a lot of fixed assets don't produce enough cash flow to even cover the costs. Right. Mm-hmm. So so those are the ones that I'm pretty hard on. You know, that's that's the, you know, I want to upgrade this, I want to upgrade that just because it's a little more comfortable. Right. Well, it's not going to make the ranch any more profitable this next year. You know, and, and I'm I'm a little hard on that. I understand you want to keep good people. You want to make the ranch enjoyable to run. Mm-hmm. I'm all for those things if you can afford to do it mm-hmm. and afford to do it sustainably looking down the road, right? Yeah. Not not just in years like this. So yeah, yeah fixed assets are fine if, as long as they're producing cash flow. When, when we're at this, people come to our school, we challenge them with any new fixed asset that you're going to invest in. Show me how it will produce 100% return in one year. Hmm. If, if you can show me that, I'm all for it. And and the reason we challenge people with that high of a bar is on almost all ranches, if you look hard enough, you'll find something. Mm-hmm. The, the problem is, is we stop looking when we find our, our favorite pet yeah. thing, right? And then we just go with that. So, yeah. yep. Yep. Something with an engine is always a I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's a joke. I'm, I'm, I'm a gearhead. So, so I, I'm, I'm guilty of yeah. charge right here. Well, I hate to, I didn't purposely mean to go back and hit that, but a little bit of it tied because when we talk about liquid assets and having that money available, available I mean, there's, so where, if we don't have it available, what's it then going into? And that's kind of what brought that where my mind was going with that. Let's hit our, our last thing. And I think some of this kind of ties everything a little bit together a bit because and it's something that your business model of your school is this is it's how do we get into a mind? Let's let's get a business mind into running our ranches. We know what to do with cattle. We know what to do in the different times of the year. We know how to run livestock. We know how to do that. But boy, when it comes to the business side of things, that's when things get a little hairy. And that's where some of this all ties in together. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, one of the things we're encouraging people to do is invest in people. You know, what 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 are the most valuable assets in your business? Right. And if, if we thought about that, I hope within within pretty quick, the people involved in your business would be right at the top of your list. Mm-hmm. And I, I really think they probably are. Most farms and ranches have people that are outstanding quality individuals that are really good at the day-to-day stuff in the business, the operations, right? Uh, Most farms and ranches have a huge pitfall, downside, lack of skills in the strategic side of business management. When we think about, you know, like, what are we doing? How are we setting up our business for success? What is our economic coming year? Are we clear on our mission and vision and why we're here? What about our grazing planning, right? All, uh, drought planning, market planning, all those kind of things. And and so I would encourage folks to take this opportunity to invest in their key people of their business, helping build some business skills, some business savvy, right? And and our program doesn't have to be the one to reach for that. There's, there's a lot of great programs out there, right? But just think about in the coming year, what, what are one or two key professional improvement things that our people can go to. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and let's put some of that money into developing our people. Yeah. And th- you know, that's a good point because I, as we talk about this, we kind of wrap up our conversation here today. One of the things about everything you talked about here today, people are going to say, boy, I agree. I, I understand. I, I, I know what you're saying. I know what you're meaning. And then they're going to be like, but man, I, I just don't know where to start. I don't know how to, you know, what, what to move off this, or it just seems like a big task. And I guess the thing that I think about is just, start 
doing, you know, do, do something. I, uh, something that I've always tried to live by, even when I was, you know, when I ran the Nile stock show and rodeo in Billings, Montana with staff. And we were looking at from, from one event to the next event. If we can do something this next year, better than we did last year, let's just make an improvement. And I really feel like when I have you on and, and you're always tremendously good at just causing everybody's minds to just really <laughs> just go as a, bringing up some really good topics. And I think the last thing I want to do folks is, is just get in your mind, think, well, I understand preach it brother kind of a thing, but then man, you know, just starting. And all I would say is just start, just do, do as you were saying, just a little bit ago, pick one or two projects, get some goals on there and start. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think on this, on this business management, business knowledge side of things to, to just start, I would say let's identify at least one multi-day thing it's going to take us off the farmer ranch that's going to raise our skill set for running our business mm-hmm. right and and you know just sit down and, and with your team everybody look out and say okay here's something we're going to do and i i think it's critical that it take you away from the farmer ranch yeah you you cannot really think strategically about your farmer ranch when you're absorbed in the day-to-day and and to be able to get away and, and have some time to reflect and be with other people that are that are pushing it is is going to be the difference maker so i that's what i encourage you yeah. to do is identify that one thing this coming year that you're going to do you bet well dallas we've hit some great things here this is definitely one of these types of deals go back and listen to it again it's pretty easy to do go to our podcast site at workingranchradio.com I know you've got school started up. I just asked you, I said, when, when your first school starting up, you said, well, it's coming up this next week and you're headed out to Washington. And so, but I know you got some other schools kind of coming up. Let's hit that. So folks are interested in maybe attending a school. We, we do. We were going to have a dozen schools that we're going to be offering all across cattle country here in the next several months. You know, there, there's a school happening somewhere within your area. And if it's not, you know, travel, you know, who, yeah. Who, yeah. so I'd encourage people to look at our list. We are, we have, more people enrolled as of now than we've ever had in the history of the company. So, so some of those schools are getting limited in terms mm-hmm. of their space. So if you want to kind of pick your location that you're going to attend and the dates, I would encourage you to go ahead and get that. Uh, what, what we do when people enroll is we, we collect a deposit and that deposit is fully transferable to another school. So if you say, Hey, I want to go to Colorado Springs and save my seat, boom, you're enrolled. A couple of weeks goes by and you go, you know what? I think I'd really rather go when they're in billing. So mm-hmm. you can, you can, you know, ask us to make that shift. So, but anyway, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see people this, this coming winter and, and connect with all of you. We've got an amazing group of instructors that are really just knocking it out of the park. And, and it's so much fun to be involved with the work they're doing. All right. Well, folks, I know you can go to their website at ranchmanagement.com. You can get more information, the profit tips that comes out every couple of weeks. I appreciate that. That's always thought provoking. I know you do it sometimes. Sometimes you have some other folks do that for you as well. Some of your, your teachers as well. Well, appreciate you, Dallas, joining us here today on the Working Ranch Radio Show. Thanks for the opportunity, Justin. And again, my guest today, Dallas Mount, owner and CEO of Ranch Management Consultants. Always great to have on our show. I appreciate many of the things that he brings to the table as he talks with us, not only from his perspective as an educator, but also just in the fact that he does deal and work with a lot of different producers across the country and brings that wealth of knowledge and information to us when we have our shows. You know, something I was thinking about a little bit ago, we didn't really touch into this deeply, but I would encourage you if you want to read that 
particular profit tips, go to that. There's also some good dialogue and some of the questions from different folks in there. I know one of the things that happens when we see these cattle prices go up, there's that desire to for some folks to want to jump in. That was my downfall, jumping in the cattle market when things were high. And so as we look at this particular market for myself and for other folks, you know, be conscious, be cognizant of, of what you're doing. I think the principles are still there. And the fact is, is the money you're investing going to bring about a return and more of a guaranteed return, not a speculative return, but a guaranteed return on that. And I know nothing is set in stone, but I think some things are a little bit more sure or defined than other things. And so just keep that in mind. Some great conversation here today with Dallas Mount. Well, stay with us coming up after the break, keeping back replacement heifers. That's going to be something that's on the minds of folks as we head into the fall time of the year, keeping some of these heifers back. How can you utilize DNA testing in that? What are some advantages and things to be thinking about on that? We're going to talk about it when we come back. And then, of course, later on in the show, meteorologist Don Day will be joining us as we take a look at our long-term weather. All of that when we come back on the Working Ranch Radio Show. There are lots of nutrition tubs out there, but none can match the true blue commitment of Vitalix. Our tubs offer you the most concentrated nutrition at the lowest cost per day. That means more profit for your operation and improved performance for your cow herd. In fact, research shows Vitalix tubs increase feed efficiency by 20% while boosting conception rates, herd health, and weaning weights. Learn more at Vitalix.com. Vitalix, the true blue tub. And welcome back to the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm Justin Mills. You know, this time of the year of fall really is very key and critical to many of us here in the ranching industry. Not only are we handling and around our cattle quite a bit, but we're also getting them marketed and we're also looking to the next step as we're preparing for winter, but we're also preparing for the with the future of our cattle, keeping some replacements if we can do that and so forth. And of course, with the market as it is, we know these cattle are at record high prices. And at the same time, we're also coming out of a drought situation for many different folks across the country so that the need to want to increase our herd numbers is there and we've had on our show at different times talking about genetic testing we're going to talk a little bit about that more here today in this segment and first I want to introduce my guest Jed Hutchison who is the strategic accounts manager for Zoetis U.S. Beef Genetics and Jed thanks for joining us here today on the Working Ranch Radio Show. Absolutely. Excited to be here. Appreciate you guys having us on. I've had on the show here, we've talked a little bit about genetic testing, probably three or four shows on that in itself. And the thing that comes to my mind here a little bit, I did an interview a few weeks ago with Rick Machen with the King Ranch Institute for Ranch Management. And he was talking about how technology is shortening the learning curve for some ranch managers that maybe not having to go through several different cycles. I look at the same aspect of that with genetics in the fact that in the past, okay, it took several breeding years to kind of filter through and get the genetics you wanted. Now with some of the genetic testing that we have with DNA testing, we're really shortening that up quite a bit. Oh man, we're, we're so far ahead of where we were or even just, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago of what's really available. When you hear EPDs and and have the opportunity to look at the genetic makeup and and look at specific traits. It's been something that's been 
heavily used, right, in mm-hmm. the dairy industry. And then in the beef world, it's been something that the seed stock guys have really been able to utilize and capitalize on as they've they've tried to be very strategic about the type of bulls that they're building to sell into the commercial guy. But the commercial guy's kind of been sitting there without some of those technology advances to be able to give them that insight. And so now to be able to come to a commercial cow-calf producer and say, I can look at that heifer as a day-old calf and I can tell you as if she had 20 calves already on the ground, Mm -hmm. what her genetic potential might be within your herd. I mean, that's a, that's a really big deal. Mm-hmm. From your perspective, as we're starting to see this now from the commercial side of things, what's the aspects that you feel are some benefits for the commercial producer? Okay, that's a great question. So we have a commercial heifer test. It's called Inherit Select. That test is going to give you 20 different traits, three different economic indexes. And, and with that information, you're going to be able to look at things like birth weight and fertility that we think is so huge, mature size, milk, foot score, mm-hmm. a teat nutter uh, disposition. Who doesn't want to deal with an ignorant cow, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's such a huge thing today. It seems like disposition has really become a thing. And so being able to use not only those traits, but also with the test, it gives you breed composition. So if you're trying to incorporate some heterosis or you're not real sure, you know, you're you're really predominant Angus, but you've got a little influence here and there and you're trying to identify who really is the best cattle or what's making the best cattle in your environment, we can give you breed composition. Mm-hmm. The other part of the test is sire trace, being able to tell you which of your herd sires are producing your very best females. We might go spend 10 or 12 or 20,000 on a bull and he's only breeding two or three cows or his calves really aren't making the very best heifers. And so those are a few of the the things that you get with the test. But I think the the biggest opportunity is, is now you're creating a baseline. Now you're not just going off your gut feeling or what you think, but you have some information that you can utilize to be able to start making decisions and you can create a baseline. And now each year we can start making them better because we're going to start peeling off those bottom individuals that are constantly in there that we don't identify till they're three, four years old. And we've already invested how much into those individuals. Yeah, that's the thing that I guess I when I look at this, I believe that we, we've always had the visual aspect that we've looked at these cattle or we know their mama and we say, well, the mama's done this. But this is going to give you a lot more confidence knowing where you can base the DNA off of it. And because there's a sire side of this, it's also got to play into this. You asked me because it's something that I, we did last spring with our heifers where we tested, we DNA test them. And you said, well, what'd you think? You know, that's my question to you. When you talk to producers and you're going through that information with them, what intrigues them the most? For, for me, I, I love that, that word that you use, confidence. I, I think for certain individuals, it kind of gives them more confidence in in their decision-making tree. It gives them, again, more information that, that we've never had access to. And I guess we're being more proactive. Who hasn't been there when you're getting ready? There's trucks rolling down. You're just weaning. You're getting ready to ship. And your dad's like, hey, you know, we've still got to sort some replacements out of here. Well, Gosh, if we're seriously talking about building the future, 
cow herd that that's going to be in our herd for years and years and years, that's probably not the best approach to do it. Mm -hmm. But if we can be proactive, if we can sort through those cattle visually, give them a visual appraisal, these ones just aren't going to make it right. She's lame. She's missing an eye. That one's just not tracking right, whatever it might be, but then be able to genuinely have an opportunity to test the rest of those cattle and look at their genomics and use that as just another tool. Cause it's not a live and die by the sword, right? Mm-hmm. Like I just said, there, there's still certain physical requirements in your environment and things that they, they have to be able to do, but now to be able to have this other tool to help them make that decision with confidence instead of it's a last minute thing when really these individuals are the most expensive heifers mm-hmm. that you're ever going to keep right mm-hmm. there. And, and moving forward, probably the most important ones as we start to rebuild that cow herd and try to make them more economical and, and do everything that we need them to do to be productive today. Uh, in my opinion, it's invaluable. Yeah. Jed, as you and I were talking before we went on air, I was saying that, you know, I, I, I did this with not really sure where I would see the returns, I just felt like there would be probably some return on my investment just for the fact that I I would feel, as you were saying, confident in the replacements that I was going to keep. And when we look at this for, for producers and expecting what kind of returns that they can look on this, you know, I th- to me, I think, man, if I can, if I can keep cattle that I know is going to have an extra one or two years of longevity, good teat and rudder scores or feet, because feet, you know, there's, there's things that drive cattle out of the herd that have nothing to do with whether or not they're living and breathing it's things like teat nutter scores and feet and are they an efficient cow you know to me those are the returns that i look at when i look at doing this program that i would think producers would be looking for as well yeah i i think you're spot on justin and and one of the other advantages to to our test is so it, it gives you that that epd right that genetically enhanced epd number but then it also gives a percentile rank so it tells you where that individual falls within those those different traits or if you're just going off of one of the indexes right it, mm-hmm. it looks at that index and tells you how she ranks among all the other females that have been tested and everybody wants to see how close to the top they are but in my opinion the real advantage mm-hmm. is looking at the bottom side and identifying those individuals because they're the ones that are really going to cost you money. These other ones, they're going to take care of themselves and they're they're going to pay their way. But it's these other ones on the other end of the spectrum that's in the 99th percentile, the ones that are really hurting us and costing us money. And so being able to identify those early and get them out of there early, I think are the absolute biggest advantage. And the other one is, is using an index. Mm-hmm. When I say index, we, the three different indexes we have, we have a Zoetis total return, which looks at that heifer as a total package, not just as a cow, but also what's her carcass characteristics mm-hmm. and what are the traits that she has that are positive in the feed yard. And it kind of weights all of those traits together and says, this is the ideal all around cow. Then there's one that just looks at cow. The ZCC is a Zoetis cow calf. And then there's the Zoetis feed and carcass. Mm -hmm. If we just go off of the one index, if we look at that ZTR, the total return, and use that to help us start to identify that kind of all around cow that's got a ton of fertility built into it. It's looking at disposition and teat and udder and foot and, and mature cow size. And, and then also it's 
got that influence of how she's going to do in the feedlot. Is she just going to eat a lot and, and not gain? Or is her feed to gain ratio look right? And is she got some marbling? Mm-hmm. If, if we can start to use a uniform number instead of just chasing individual traits, then yeah. we can really start to capitalize on what this technology has to offer, in my opinion. Yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. Jed, as we wrap this up, just some final thoughts from you about if somebody's on the fence about should they be doing this or not, how would they start or just even to dip their toe in the water a little bit on this? Yeah, that's a that's another great question. So we have a website. It's really easy, beefgenetics.com. They can go on there and there's videos and links to look at, but but give me a call. I, mm-hmm. I mean, this is what I do all day, every day. I love to talk about it. We would love to to just kind of explain to you, taking a tissue sample from, from an individual sounds kind of like a really high-tech process. It's easy. It's just yeah, like giving a calf a tag. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you send those into us, four to six weeks later, you get results back and we go through those results with you and, and kind of break those numbers down and, and make it a little more bite sizable. So it's not just real overwhelming, but kind of help start guiding you and, and giving you some direction and helping you understand and, and giving you the tools to be successful with it. Mm -hmm. So you bet. Well, Jed, I appreciate you joining us. I thought some, some great things to share with us as we look at this, it is a perfect time of the year to be thinking about this. I know folks are thinking about keeping replacements and heifers and starting that process. So I appreciate you joining us here on the Working Ranch Radio Show. Thank you, Justin, very much. And again, that was Jed Hutchison with Zoetis as we're talking DNA testing and the use of genomics in your cattle herd. Just not for registered or purebred outfits anymore. It is a commercial tool that can be utilized as today talking with Jed about that. Now, if you do have questions, you're ready to maybe look at that. You can go to the website at beefgenetics.com and you can click on book a call to schedule a time with a Zoetis rep to learn more about how you can utilize DNA testing in your herd. Stay with us when we come back. Meteorologist Don Day joins us as we take a look at our long term weather. We'll be back on the Working Ranch Radio Show after this. Do you have a young child, grandchild, niece, or nephew that loves the weather and wants to learn more? Day Weather has produced a children's weather journal full of weather facts, fun weather experiments, coloring pages, and pages to record weather observations for every season of the year. The weather journal is for ages 3 to 7 and designed to be fun and educational. The interactive weather projects are fun for the whole family to take part in. For only $10, the Day Weather Weather Journal is a great gift idea for any occasion. Click on our Amazon link to order at dayweather.com. And welcome back to the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm Justin Mills as we're joined now by meteorologist Don Day with a look at our weather. And Don here on this weekend, uh, active weather across the northern tier of the country. The Dakotas are, are getting some some rain. And you had mentioned also uh, coming out of this last week, uh, we we're also seeing some good moisture down in the southern plains as well. Yeah, um, we've been able to pick up some rain in some areas that needed it over the last week. Uh, parts of eastern Oklahoma, parts of eastern Nebraska, uh, areas uh, that have been some pretty dry. Uh, parts of Texas as well and parts of the southern areas of the Rockies. Uh, has been productive with some areas of showers and thunderstorms. You mentioned the Dakotas. Those areas are pretty wet right now with a system coming out of the Pacific Northwest. So here we are. Now mm-hmm. it's officially fall yeah. and uh, it's really looking well and it will be very fallish. Well, and as you talk about fallish, one of the things that this last weather storm that we're, that we're seeing that kind of co- went across my part of northern Wyoming, northeastern Wyoming, but also 
some first, well, some snows in, in Montana and Wyoming. That's also an indicator that we're, we're bumping on the door of, of some, of some new kinds of weather. Yeah, we are. And uh, the frontal systems so far this fall that have come into the northern and northwest United States haven't been terribly cold. We haven't seen that Canadian connection, but each one just it's kind of like a, a stair step yeah. staircase where each one's just a little bit stronger than the one before. And you just kind of gradually what we're seeing this fall for a lot of the, the lower 48 is, is it we've been easing into fall, which doesn't always happen. Yeah. Uh, but as we uh, go into the, the, the beginning of October, I do think that we're going to start to see these frontal systems pack a little bit more of a punch mm-hmm. and early October can be interesting because you can get these colder systems hitting the Northern and West United States, bringing a wide variety of weather and the tropics can also be very active as well. And getting more active is something that we'll be keeping an eye on as well. So you can have a lot of moving parts in October. Mm-hmm. Well, and you had mentioned that before we went on air here, you were talking about, you expect October to be a very active weather month. What else do you see? And other than just, we're in a kind of a cross season here of coming out of summer and into fall. And what else do you see in that? Well, what we do see in the month of October, especially the beginning of it, is is that uh, we could end up with a, a couple of strong fall storm systems uh, that um, are impactful. And if you look at uh, there's a lot of harvest going on in the month of October. Uh, we're also uh, looking at the changing seasons, those lowering of the snowfalls in the mountains, getting a little bit lower, those first real hard frost or freezes. We've been able to avoid a lot of that in the month of September, but our luck runs out this month, Mm -hmm. the the new month coming on up. I do see that once we get into October, that especially from the Pacific Northwest uh, to the Northern Plains and into the Intermountain West, expect quite a bit of weather. I also expect that as these systems leave those Western areas, this will be producing more rain and thunderstorm activity for parts of the Southern and Central Plains areas as well. So there's nobody that it looks like at the beginning of October is going to have any boring weather. Let's put it that way. Okay. All right. Well, I know we caught you on the road today. Safe drives back as you head back home. Sounds good. We'll talk to you again soon. You bet. Thanks. And again, that was meteorologist Don Day with a look at our long-term weather. You can find him each and every morning on his daily video podcast at dayweather.com or on his YouTube channel as well. Stay with us. We'll put a wrap on this week's show when we return on the Working Ranch Radio Show. Well, before we head out here today, I did want to remind you again that the September-October issue of Working Ranch Magazine is out. I know for those of you that get it, you probably already had an opportunity to get through it, and you're not disappointed. There's no question about that. If you don't have a subscription to Working Ranch Magazine, it's pretty simple. You can go to workingranchmag.com and get your subscription started today. Well, before we head out, a quick thank you to our sponsors, Vitalix, the True Blue Tub, the American Gelvie Association, Performance B and Tank Toad. The Working Ranch Radio Show is a production of Working Ranch Magazine, branded number one by America's Ranchers. Now, like I said before, if you want to get a hold of me, maybe a show idea you have or questions you have, you can sure send me an email at justin.workingranch at gmail.com. Well, we thank you for joining us. Be sure to tune in same time, same place next week or on your favorite podcast provider. I'm Justin Mills. And until next time, keep your chin down and your mind in the middle. So long.